Hello and welcome to Bastards and Broken Things, a podcast dedicated to House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, anything in that sort of world. Too many. Brought to you by Fan Critical. Too many things. Too many of them. Anything. I'm your host, Sir Len, and joining me, as always, uh, on these hot take adventures mm. is, of course, my trusty squire, uh, a cupbearer, someone who might eventually petition to be the lord of fan critical one day. It's Gareth. Yeah. I mean, I am the the true-born heir, let's be fair. You know. It's interesting. I think, would you or John be on House Green or Black? That's the interesting question that everyone wants to know. Well, I mean... And where would Lucy and Emma be? Lucy and Emma are obviously House Green. Um this is the problem for you. Yeah. You're like Viserys. You're walking into this blind. You don't realise that I'm I'm mm. the one who's been loyal to you mm. this whole time. I'm the one who should be taking over. Because let's be fair, you are you're you're on the way out. Look at you. You're, you're turning into dust yeah. in front of my eyes. Um, Useless. But you haven't decrepit. You, you fucked up the succession, and um, those greens are they're mm. going to fuck it all up. You need to come out here. St- Stop making mm. me a squire. Give me that knighthood that well, I very richly deserve, and uh, and be done well, with hold it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If we get to the end of the season, and I think you've done a good enough job, we said we'll talk about that. <laughs> Listeners know it. We all know it, and John knows it, and Lucy knows it, and Emma knows it. Okay, yeah. So you they'll just, be in your you ear, won't they? At the moment. They'll be in right, your ear. Just, don't give, don't do it. Don't give well, it to me. Let's see how how your performance is. Here, how is your performance here? Let's see. Um, so, of course, Gav, the way this works is we come to you, lovely listeners, straight after the episode has aired, uh, and we've watched it, um, and we give you our unfiltered, unsullied thoughts before our deep dive later in the week. What are we thinking about episode eight, titled The Lord of the Tides, of course, referring to Lord Corliss and the matter of his succession? Mm. Now, what did you make of this episode? Um... Well, first of all, did you bother watching this one all the way to the end, or am I going to have to fill in some gaps? I knew that was coming. I did. Hmm. I am almost certain I saw the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see in a minute. Mate, when that dragon came in and killed everyone um, and said, my personality is happy-go-lucky. And we went, oh, yeah, good. Now I can see what personality that dragon has. Yeah. And Vagar's like, oh, I'm the grumpy old one. And you're like, that's a girl dragon. Why have you got a man dragon's voice? It's all very confusing. Because all the anyway, smoking. That's what that does. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Hundreds of years of it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, what do I think of this episode? Is that what you're asking me? I thought, did you ask a question? Yes. Right. For fuck, yes. Okay. Jesus Christ. I, I loved it. I loved it again. Um, I said to you off air last week because we don't we don't do we don't do blueberries at this juncture. Um, no, we don't. In our hot Hold takes. those in the fridge. But I did say to you off air last week. I was like, just by the way, five bloob from me um, for last week's episode. Um, and mm. I think I think this show has come to life. I was, it was at the point of last week that I was getting a little bit concerned, particularly at the start with that that funeral scene. I was. I was like, oh no, this is this just going to dwindle out into a three blueberry kind of show? I think it has taken off um, at this point. 
and I loved it. I thought this was the most emotional episode. Um, mm. If last mm. week's was kind of, uh, you know, lots of action, I suppose, um, you know, in, in like a smaller mm. scale. It was like small scale action, wasn't it? But um, but it meant something. This one was the emotional, the emotional gut punch. What did you think? Mm. I think, you know, and this is no spoiler for what's going to happen. I think this is by far the best episode of the season. Mm. Um, I think that it's amazing how they have brought the book Fire and Blood to life in such a way that it's interesting, the book, but because there's loads of big moments that happen and it's just like, oh, that's a big moment. Oh, that's a big moment. But it doesn't, it never dwells. It never dwells. It sort of just rolls through these moments and they wash by you. Um, it's more like whereas now points, those right? moments are coming to, yeah, these moments are coming to life before my eyes from the text that I've read and their interpretation is very interesting, but also now the emotional connection I have to some characters. And I think that will nicely roll into hot take number one, uh, which I've written here in my notes for series, for series, for series. And I am oh. absolutely gobsmacked by Paddy Constantine's, <laughs> as Lucy calls him, uh, performance <laughs> in this. Yeah. Now, poor, poor bugger. Poor bugger. Mm. Now, I've written here in my notes, Gareth, me and you went out for a uh, Bucks or a Stag Do mm. uh, at the weekend. And I can tell you something right now. That was you on Sunday morning. I reckon I look like Viserys. Yeah, in that bed. I reckon I look just like him. Like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. poor fucker. I couldn't. It's just, when I saw him in the bed, I was like, okay, this is mental. Mm. He is like, and you get a sense of it in the book. And I think they've really gone hard on it here. It's a bit different in the book. Um, but fuck me. I was like, oh God, poor, that's uh, a shame he's going to go out like this. You know what I mean? And then we got those amazing scenes with him. And his overall performance was staggering. Yeah. Like just like him. Yeah, he did a lot of that. To the he throne. did a lot of staggering, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It it was just extraordinary. And George has even said this week, Gurm, you know, and we're not on the best terms with Gurm because he won't release wins or whatever, but um he even said this week the book. that, that what, write that book. Yeah. What Paddy's done has brought that character to life in a way that he could never have imagined in his books, which is a, you know, kudos to the actor, kudos to the writing staff behind the character in this show. Um, and I just thought hot take number one was just his overall performance was just, just mind blowing. Can't wait you for Groom's next like special announcement. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Special announcement. That's right. It's the sports teams of Westeros. <laughs> no, I um actually, so, you know, we don't we don't exchange hot takes. Um, we come into this blind, mm. um, like Viserys's mm. right eye, um, and or Aemon's left. Either one. I wonder if that means anything because between them, ooh, you know, um, yeah, true. So yeah, I mean, hot take one for me was that it was just like how moved I was by Viserys in this episode, um, and that scene mm. of him walking into the hall. Um, is amazing, and you know it he, was amazing. He gives that little was, look yeah. to Rhaenyra as well. It's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm gonna 
because she'd just asked him, like, you've got to protect me, mate. Come on. And mm. that's what he does. It's one last one last attempt at protecting his daughter. Um, and then, yeah, his final supper yeah. was a, a beautiful moment as well for, for a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah, you're right. It was unbelievable performance and the emotional the emotional um center of this. I, I actually ended up tearing up at uh when he walked into the uh yeah, was pretty throne close. room i was pretty close yeah i even if it was a bit why. phantom of the opera-esque but yeah but it was just the fact that the guy is absolutely broken and uh, you know, he's one of these characters that we've said, like, just doesn't feel like he fits in Game of Thrones because he is, he's got a good heart and everything he does seems to be, <laughs> seems to be trying to do the right thing. However, his weakness or inability to be harsh or critical or, um, you know, ruthless yeah. has essentially is going to cost the realm dearly. But that's not his fault that he's got a good heart, you know? And I find it, I found it very emotional him him making that last stand for an era. Yep. Yeah. Um, I loved it. And of course we we can't not get through the walk to the throne without talking about the um beheading of Vaymond yeah. which was glorious. <laughs> Absolutely so glorious. When literally the best thing in that whole scene is when Damon's like say it. Yeah. Say no, it. No, no, no. Wait, the like, best thing the... in that whole scene is when he goes, he can keep his tongue. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Um, see, Damon is, Damon's actually wicked in this episode, but um, that moment where he's like, that you can see Vaymond on his face, he's like, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> and then he just goes, fuck it. Yeah. They're bastards. Like that, I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. Uh, and then Damon just was like, any excuse, just come on goading him into it it was brilliant so good. absolutely brilliant um, and, and the tension in that scene once again was was excellent it was fantastic it was so good i was expecting him to um, viserys to come in and just be like what is this mama's farce that's a phrase they use all the time in western isn't it um but he did ask for um it is Rhaenys's opinion um good to see where she's aligned herself um I mean, mm-hmm. I will say, because we've brought him up, my hot take number two. Um, we're going to just... Yeah, which is now hot take three What in our show. What was hot so, take two? The series was hot take one. Hot take two was the walk to the throne. Hot is take three. Is that not three. part of the hot take? Oh, no. No, no, because we've got the dinner scene as a hot take four, as a oh, spoiler dear. warning. Right. Let's go. Hot take three, then, is about Damon and yeah. how I think... I think the show before the last two episodes has kind of mishandled him a bit. And I, cause I said to you early on, I think episode three or four, I was like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to like him or not. And sometimes that's a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that like gray characters are a problem, but it's the way that it's, it's, it's just been like too extreme with him. You know, it's like that, they're, they're making it very unclear as to kind of what his real motivations are. And I think that's the the difficulty. Whereas with, with Jamie, you understood, Jamie Lannister, you understood his motivations, even if you didn't agree with his his actions, right? Well, 
Yeah, but it took three seasons to understand those motivations. Yeah. So well, we had but it did. season one where you're like, you're just doing it because you're screwing your sister yeah. and, you know, and then season two, you dislike him even more. Correct. You know, he kills his own Correct. cousin to escape but, and all this sort of shit. And then this is the bathtub scene, which then reveals this whole backstory Correct. of why he is who he is. But the point there with Jamie is that they took their time in building that. They gave you time to hate him and then gave you time to grow to love him, right? With Damon, I think it's been a little bit too all over the place, but I think we're supposed to like him and and I really do after this episode. I loved him in this episode. Yeah, I thought he was good in this episode and I hope John, who doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with Damon, uh, I hope that he... Uh, he does. Why do you always care uh, what John after, thinks about you him? Know, Don't worry about it. Well, you like him. That's I'm fine. You stand. You stand up I, for your I, own opinion. I really like him. Yeah, I really like him. I think he's cooler in the book. But once again, you you have to make you have to fill in the gaps. You know what I mean? You're filling in the gaps with your imagination, like about what he's thinking. Here, we're starting to see his character come to life a bit more. And I think in this episode, he his tone was right. Well, I feel do you know, like do you, know what you get it is the as sense well? of the love between him and Rhaenyra, yeah. but you also get like, he's protective, you know, and he's also a Targaryen through and through. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, but this is what I'm saying is like this episode, I think, and a little bit to, to an extent, the last episode, but this one is where you really see like the cornerstone of his character. Like we know what matters to him is like loyalty to his family. Like that is his driving motivation. Yeah. Lineage. Yeah. But yeah, everything like that. Not, well, yeah. But but also, but not even because, you know, he knows the truth about the Strongs as well. Um, but yeah, they're still his family now. And like he's, he's loyal right. to his family and he will fuck up anybody that, that tries to get in the way of that. And mm. very stylishly as well. So... Fair play, Damon. Mm. Well, I think we'll talk about hot take number four, uh, the dinner scene. Now, there's a couple of things to pick up on here. It's another fantastic scene. Um, yes. Sort of piggybacking off Ooh. of the... Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Pink dread and that. Um, of, off of the, the scene last week with the eye being cut out and everyone in the same room. And this is obviously six years on and you've got that tension still there. And Viserys, for a split second, for like two minutes maybe, has healed the realm mm. for two minutes. Like he almost, by sheer will of force, in his dying, essentially dying breaths, reunites uh, Rhaenyra and Alison, And you get that sense that there is a connection between them again. If you know? they just all went and to bed before dessert that would have been it <laughs> end of the yeah. season everyone's happy and you see Viserys look around the room and it was very sweet he's like this is what I've always dreamed of like Helena's dancing with Jay Jason you know people are like Otto's like toasting and laughing across to like Damon or something I was like what the fuck is going on here is, is this in his mind right. is this milk of the poppy gone mad <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, mm. And it was just lovely. And then obviously he deteriorates. He leaves the room and it sort of descends again into the, what we know is going to happen. Um, however, that touching moment between Alison and Rhaenyra, I think that's fascinating because wh where's that come from? Like, I just, 
wow. I, I at this point in the source material, they fucking hate each other. Now, right. Uh, also, a thing they skip over in this, and I won't talk about it. I'll go into it in a deep dive. Is how um, Rhaenyra and Daemon's kids, and we'll get onto that in the deep dive. Aegon and Viserys. She names her firstborn son with Daemon Aegon or Aegon, and that pisses Alicent right off because obviously she's got an Aegon. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's the idea of she's done it to like belittle her Aegon. You know what I mean? So, wow, yeah, there's a lot to digest there. We'll get onto that in the deep dive, but I just thought that whole dinner scene was awesome. And Aemond, obviously, who is fantastic. This, oh this, my God. this, this actor, he's captivating. He is captivating. That is exactly the word. I. Like I'm fascinated by him. Like I, I, I wonder. I'm wondering if I've like got some sort of weird crush on him because, like, I just want to see more yeah, of he's him. Like, that. like yeah. he's he's a sort of str- he's a strange looking dude. But it's like take off that eye patch. <laughs> take it off, <laughs> nephews. It's the way he says stuff as well. I'm just oh, like this yeah. guy. Like he's uh, he is captivating. He's fascinating, and like. He's a fucking cool character, and I actually love that we've had this jump, so that we can see like what he's come from. This sort of like slightly mm. awkward, like fumbly little kid, um, to to this like massive guy with an eye patch and like a good fighter, a very well. good fighter. Andy, Andy rides Vega, and Andy rides Vega. And he can take a punch, and he's he is he's terrifying. He's like a Bond villain. He's like a proper Bond villain, um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you know, like I, 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 like we've said in the past. Again, Game of Thrones does grey characters very well, but I tell you what, when you've got a, a, a dark character like this, that's kind of cool as well, and I, I quite like it. I quite like just having oh, this yeah. guy who's terrifying and not good. Um, yeah. I'm a fan. See, he's all about history and family and stuff as well. And it's it's you see him and Damon squaring off there. And I think that's a very interesting rivalry. Yes. You know what I mean? Both both kind of well, Damon's more Targaryen because he's got his both of his parents were brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that he's Congrats. fully Targaryen. Yeah. But you know what I mean? The blonde hair, they sort of look like each other. You see Damon in Aemond. You know what I mean? You see them having these similarities. So it's very, very interesting. I think we'll round it off, Gareth, with this, which is my... And we're back to this again. Uh, the only negative of the episode for me. Ah. Okay. I wonder if it's um, the same one that I have. The Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So... And the fact that he accidentally tells... Alison this in a muttered obviously very fucked up way where he doesn't know what he's saying and now we're supposed to believe that Alison is using this as a motivational factor to bring down Rhaenyra like oh no it's you you Aragon is the prince that was promised are you fucking serious have you seen that kid you, d- you don't think he's talking about Aegon the Conqueror or you know John in the future is obviously Egon, so obviously that's there's too many fucking Egons. That's the that problem. Is the problem. Fake Egon, honestly. In the books. If so, you, you've got all this. Yeah, this is. I mean, we've obviously we've podcasted for too long together because this was my hot take. Three was that it's annoying at the end of such a good episode that the last scene is obviously going to be as important as it's going to be because surely in that situation, Alicent would be like. Viserys is 
chatting absolute garbage. Like, I know that he's not with it. Yeah, that's right. And, like, wouldn't take anything right. that he says seriously. So I find that frustrating to be uh, as a yeah. motivation. And also just the, the unluckiness of it. Like, if they'd just called Egon Malcolm, none of this would be happening. <laughs> Malcolm the Conqueror. Malcolm, the um, first of his name. <laughs> no, I tell you what, the only way it works is that Alison has gone so far down a path that she is looking for anything to cling to to make this fight tangible and worthwhile and right in her own mind. Bear in mind, Alison, and you see it pointed out in this episode, the seven-pointed star all over the Red Keep, the fact that they honour the new gods, you know, Smith, Mother, Stranger, Crone, all that lot. And... She would never buy in to any of these Targaryen dreams, ever. No. This is old god shit. Yeah. So this is dragon gods, yeah? So it's bizarre to me that now she's suddenly like listening to Viserys' dying... Ah, dreams. You know, okay, yes. Mm, indeed. Word, yeah, yeah. Words. So they're going to have to show me something here in the next episode where I'm like, okay, I get that as a motivation for the character because I just don't buy it. I do not buy it. The, as I said, the only thing is that she's clinging on to something to make her sons, you know, king, yeah. essentially, and, and protect her family. And, and this is the fire that she needed um, to, to kindle that. Because, it, you know, I thought before that chat, she's going to reconcile with Rhaenyra, potentially. So interesting, interesting. Maybe she'll um, read the knife or something. We've talked... The knife's like, uh, Aegon, oh, Aegon but... needs to hold me. <laughs> All right. How can she think that her Egon is the prince that was promised? He's awful. Do you fucking look at the kid? He's awful. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, before we go into any more deep, deep chats, we better stop because that is the whole point of our deep dive podcast, which is going to be out in a few days' time. Before that comes out, email us your thoughts at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with us on socials and let us know what you think of this latest episode, episode eight, The Lord of the Tides. We thought it was a stellar episode. We haven't scored it yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler warning, mine's going to be good. Uh, so tune in for the deep dive. Uh, and thank you to my trusty squire, Sir Gareth. Thanks, mate. Thank you for joining no me. No probs. No probs. And uh, don't be petitioning for leadership just yet. I've got another two episodes before um, my leadership will be challenged. And okay? after that point, understand? all I'll say is I'll let you keep your tongue. That's all. Oh, brutal. No other connotations, just, you know. Don't geld me. Just give me a swift death, okay? No gelding. <laughs> all, right. all right, Crispin. Bye, we'll everybody. You